construction and the climate, turning rooftops into gardens. Welcome to Construction and the Climate. This is a podcast series from 39 Essex Chambers with me, Camilla Tahar and Ruth Keating. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the big climate issues affecting the construction sector. Today, we're joined by Tim Cousin of Roofscapes. Roofscapes is a startup from the MIT School of Architecture and Planning. The company was founded in 2020 with the mission of transforming untapped rooftops into green spaces as a way to mitigate the effects of climate change and provide new outdoor spaces in cities. Roofscapes has won the Paris Resilient Innovation Grant, which will support the implementation of a pilot project in the capital. Tim, who joins us today, hails from the French Alps and has a lifelong interest in timber construction and wood structures. At Reefscapes, he oversees operations, project delivery and R&D for architectural and structural design matters. Tim holds a Master's of Architecture from the MIT with a concentration in building technology. He also received a Bachelor of Science in Architecture from EPFL Switzerland and studied at the University of Tokyo, Japan. Tim, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. First off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what Reefscapes is and how you and your two co-founders, Olivier and Etienne, came to work together? Absolutely. Yes. First, thank you very much, Roos and Camilla, for having me on the podcast. As you say, we are three co-founders with Olivier Faber and Etienne Levy. And we met in architecture school at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology eight years ago now. After undergrad, we all worked in architecture firms. And although working in architectural design is exciting, with numbers being thrown at the time, like buildings are responsible for 39% of global carbon emissions, it increasingly felt like our work was more part of the problem than the solution. And we quickly shared a certain frustration with the lack of disruptive response from the building sector to the climate crisis. So looking for a more impactful way to engage with this sector, we decided to finish our professional education at the School of Architecture at MIT, like you mentioned. And over there, we did a lot of research on climate adaptation of existing buildings, from which Roofscapes gradually emerged as a response that we could carry out of school back in Europe to hopefully have a more systemic impact towards more climate resilient cities. Tim, where did the idea for Roofscapes come from? I think we all shared a long-lasting interest about the roofs and their untapped potential. In a way, the roofs are at the frontier of the city's density and the openness of the broader environment. But their use is largely yet to be imagined, which is quite an exciting opportunity, especially for architects. But in 2018 and 19, which were back-to-back the hottest summer in Europe's history at the time, we realized that roofs were also at the forefront of climate risks. We heard multiplying reports of people living on the last floor, boiling in their apartments, and temperatures of the zinc roof rising up to 80 degrees Celsius. And so at that time, we learned that the zinc of the roofs, along with many other urban mineral materials like concrete, asphalt, or metals, absorb a ton of solar radiation and radiate this heat back into the city. And this causes an enormous distortions in the city's temperature called the urban heat island effect, which now most people are familiar with, creating temperatures that can be up to 10 degrees higher in the center of cities compared to the neighboring rural areas. So early on, it's been pretty clear that drastically greening the city was an urgent need to mitigate the urban heat island effect and improve the city's resilience in terms of biodiversity, water retention, etc. But we saw that if the efforts only focused on the ground level, 
we were not addressing the need for adaptation of the upper level of the city, which, although it tends to be forgotten as it doesn't lay right under our eyes, it could really play a major role in the climate adaptation of cities. And now, four out of five buildings in a city like Paris, and it's the case in most European city centers, have pitch roofs. And there's currently no available solutions to make these sloped roofs accessible and green. So we decided to focus on this precise situation and find a way to unlock the climate resilient potential of this vast majority of roofs in the city. I'm fascinated with the idea of locking the climate potential. Can you tell us a little bit more about how a roofscape works? Yeah, absolutely. So if we zoom back to a current typical building in the center of Paris with the sloped roofs, today the zinc of the roofs, and in other cities it can be the, the tiles, they really overheat. But replacing these roofs is not necessarily the best solution. Not only would it mean big construction works and a lot of material waste, but it will also hinder the heritage qualities of these buildings, which is very strong in these historic centers. So instead, we propose to deploy wooden platforms above the existing roofs, which do not involve any demolition and only minor construction interventions. The wooden platform is going to shape the roof, preventing solar gains and uh, overheating. And moreover, the majority of this platform surface is going to be covered with soil and plants, which are going to refresh the air even more through evapotranspiration. Obviously, the existing roofs were not dimensioned to take all these additional loads, but the load-bearing walls of these buildings, on the other hand, are very sturdy and offer an excess, in a way, uh, in structural capacity that we can use to carry new loads. We're thus first identifying the position of these walls and placing punctual support through the roof to these walls, from which we can span a new structure in engineered wood to support our platform and what comes on top of it. So today we are really in the prototyping phase of the system, and we are leading several pilot projects. The first one initiated in partnership with the City of Paris after winning the Innovation and Resilience Grant you mentioned, will be constructed in uh, 2024. Tim, you can already, when you visualise something like that, I think, see the benefits that a city would get from that, but also the people who live in those buildings. You've touched off some of the benefits that are available from using this kind of construction. So, of course, biodiversity and water retention. In terms of those benefits, but also others, what do you think are the kind of key benefits to the environment, but also the key benefits that city dwellers get from using their roofs as a green space? So... I've spoken quite a bit about the temperature and preventing heat accumulation and overheating in the city, which is a critical benefit. But it's far from being the, the only one. The city has other issues, and luckily, green roofs can help with many of them. And you've mentioned some of them, but first, mitigating excessive heat also means reducing the need for air conditioning inside. And today, more and more people are installing active air conditioning systems to mitigate the heat in the summer. And obviously, these ACs are also pumping more heat outside and are making the situation even worse. So if everybody turns to this, the city's temperature could rise up from two additional degrees, which is a major threat. So having a way to have a passive system to mitigate this development is very important. But moving from temperature, you mentioned, yes, water retention is another important topic. Today, when it rains, most of the rainwater drains directly to the sewers. And during big storms, which will get more and more frequent, the sewers get saturated. So by retaining this water in permeable green surfaces, like the green surfaces we deploy on these platforms, we can prevent overflow and also bring environmental benefits like cooling the air through evapotranspiration. 
But Green Roof also, like you mentioned, biodiversity anchors, which is something very important for the city. So deploying a green roof across the city enable biodiversity to thrive in urban environments where they have sometimes disappeared. So all these environmental co-benefits are really critical for the future uh, urban resilience. But in our opinion, environmental benefits should not be dissociated from the experience of dwellers. So for us, the notion of accessibility is primordial. Our platform also offers green space accessible to dwellers, which drastically improve their urban experience, offering healthier and more qualitative living environments. And so this qualitative improvement also creates an incentive for people to invest in environmental adaptation of the roof. In a way, a purely technical, non-accessible system, like for example, the photovoltaic installation or things like that, don't always succeed in doing, although there are great things and also part of the solution. There are multiple benefits on top of the environmental benefits. And we've touched on this a little bit, but we know that you have a particular focus on Paris. What makes a Parisian roof a particular challenge? So we started from Paris. Uh, it's a city that were important in our background. Paris has early on set strong objectives in terms of greening the cities in the coming years. And this political context definitely helps a lot. On the other hand, the Parisian skyline is strongly defined by a very specific roof typology, the mansard roof, which became very fashionable during the 19th century. And these roofs offer uh, flatter surfaces in their upper parts, which makes it a bit easier to work with compared to, for example, high-pitched medieval roofs, for example. But the uniformity of these roofs also make them iconic to the Haussmannian typology that's so uh, famous in Paris. And in Paris, more than in most other European cities, there is the strong historic preservation uh, re uh, regulations. The city is protected by yeah, strong historic preservation. So recognizing that there is sometimes challenging interest between historic preservation on the one hand and climate adaptation on the other, a big part of our work is to really highlight the situation and advocate for changes. And this work, we're really doing it in consultation with all kinds of actors, including, of course, the, the architects who are in charge of the historic preservation. And so for sure, uh, this is a, a challenge. But this discussion is, in our opinion, relevant to most European cities. And as we heard many times from Parisian people who, who knows these challenges very well, if you can make it happen in Paris, you can make it happen anywhere. So that's why we're happy to focus on Paris right now. But we really hope to extend our work to other European cities in the very near future. Tim, I think that's very true of Paris. I mean, anyone that's visited there, that iconic houseman look to the city does raise these huge heritage challenges, as you say, in balancing those interests. I know that you say there that obviously Reefscapes wants to expand into other cities. So more generally, taking aside Paris, what do you think is the reluctance that you sometimes see with turning rooftop spaces into gardens? So... I've talked a lot about the historic preservation aspect, which is definitely a, a very important challenge. I think there's a more general issue, which is the lack of collective imaginary about rooftops and the many potentials that their use can offer. When we talk about going on the roof and doing this work, people immediately think that going on the roof is dangerous. But most people don't actually feel that way once they find themselves on an accessible, secure rooftop. Only then do they start to appreciate the outstanding quality of rooftops and start to project themselves in the potential of their use, like gardening, farming, sports, relaxation, just collective spaces shared with their neighbors. 
it's only then that this imaginaries of the qualitative increase in dwelling experience starts to bloom. So boosting the collective imaginary of rooftops as an exciting and virtuous response to climate adaptation is an important background work that we identified to overcome biased reluctances that many people have. So with this in mind, we launched this year in collaboration with two other professional chambers, the waterproofing specialists and the green roof actors, the Paris Rooftop Days, which is a new festival which gathers professionals to talk about the future of roofs, identifying the key challenges and connecting the right actors to facilitate the adaptation of the city's roofline. And this festival is also the opportunity to open up to the public some rooftops that are usually not accessible so they can experience the quality of the space and sensitize themselves to the potential they represent in the city's adaptation to climate change. It's interesting to hear the sort of work you're doing in, in opening up the idea to the public. If you had a short elevator pitch to a city planner, considering turning roofs into green space, what would it be? I would say something like, as a city planner, I'm sure you're concerned with the need to prepare cities to climate change and mitigate the overheating of city centres. You probably have a few urban regreening projects going on, and that's great. But did you know that 40% of the city's horizontal surface is actually covered by roofs? And well, actually, that's a good news for you, because all this space is mostly unused, and we are developing solutions to reclaim them as green infrastructure. So let's work together on adapting roofs into green and accessible spaces to make our future cities more resilient and qualitative for all urban dwellers. Thanks, Jim. I'm certainly convinced by the pitch, speaking for myself, and I'm sure our listeners will be as well. As you say, there are multiple factors that need to be balanced on a question like this, but just so many potential benefits. And as you say, 40% untapped potential, potentially for the environment and also city dwellers as well. So hopefully some of our listeners are going to find themselves on one of these roofscapes sometime soon. But in the meantime, thank you very much for joining us and thank you to our listeners as well. At 13 on Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.